Hello and welcome to Folklore of the Universe, the podcast with a 37.700% chance of repeating the same intro twice. I'm your host, Kyle. This is episode 17. This is pretty much just a standard, normal episode, nothing special to announce, so we're just going to get into it. So for this episode, we've got two stories, we've got a Maasai one, and we've got an Iranian one. But of course, as always, there's first the Monster of the Week. So, let's get into that. This episode, our Monster of the Week, is the Yara Ma Yahu. Yara Ma Yahu. Something, I don't know, it's not a good word to pronounce. It's a tricky one, it's definitely a tricky one. But the, yeah, this creature, it's from Aboriginal Australian folklore. They're described as being these little red frog-like baby demon things. They've got really big heads, they've got a big mouth with no teeth in them, and they've got suckers on the ends of all their fingertips and toe tips. They'll live in fig trees and wait for someone to walk underneath. Then what they do is they drop down onto the person, They use their suckers on their fingers and toes to drain some of their blood out. Then they swallow the person whole, drink some water, take a nap. Then they wake up, regurgitate the person, and the person's smaller now. They've, like, shrunk down a bit. And they do that over and over and over again until their victim becomes another Yara Ma Yahoo. But they'll only do this to living people, so the classic way of evading them is to play dead until sunset when they fall asleep. Then you can jab them with a stick or, I don't know blow them up with a rock, and then you're safe. You can go home. You're all fine. So what these seem like is a way of warning kids to do something or not do something. It's like similar to uh, monsters in the forest to tell kids don't get lost out there, or monsters in the river to tell people don't play on the unstable riverbank. The difference here, though, is that I don't know why you don't want to go underneath fig trees. Because their whole thing is their war is they attack people who go under fig trees and hang around under there. So it's clearly warning people not to do that, but like I don't know what actually happens if you hang out under a fig tree. Like, are you in danger of a fig dropping on your head and killing you? Are unripe figs super, super hard and dangerous? I dunno. Maybe they're real. Maybe they're actually out there in Australia, and that's why you want to avoid those. So if any Australians could chime in who listen to this. I don't think any do, but if any do, let me know if you've ever seen a Yara, Ma, you know, th- th- these monsters. Either way, though, they are creepy little bastards. They're like vampires, but worse, much worse. And these vampires, they just sort of bite you. They don't, like, suck all your blood out through their fingers and, like, swallow you, then throw you up, then swallow you again. And that's not a good time. Like, if you go to Australia, don't do that. Do Go to the opera house or go see... Uluru, but don't get eaten by little green frog babies. Top tip. Travel tip. Travel tips from Kyle, right here. This is now a travel show. I tell you the best travel tips in all the lands. We're going to move on to our story now. So, stories, plural. So first up, we've got a Maasai story. And the Maasai are a group of people who live in eastern Africa, around where Kenya is. And this story is called The Origin of Death. In the beginning, there was no death. This is the story of how death came into the world. There was once a man known as Lilo, who was the first man that Niterokop brought to earth. Niterokop then called Lilo and said to him, When a man dies and you dispose of the corpse, must remember to say, Man die, come back again. Moon die and remain away. Many months elapsed before anyone died. 
When, in the end, a neighbor's child did die, Lilo was summoned to dispose of the body. When he took the corpse outside, he made a mistake and said, Moon die and come back again. Man die and stay away. So after that, no man survived death. A few more months elapsed, and Lilo's own child went missing. So the father took the corpse outside and said, Moon die and remain away. Man die, come back again. On hearing this, Natero Kulp said to Lilo, You are too late now, for, through your own mistake, death was born the day when your neighbor's child died. So that is how death came about. That is why, up to this day, when a man dies, he does not return. But when the moon dies, it always comes back again. The End This is a part of a very common genre of stories which explain where bad shit come from. There's a whole bunch of stories that explain where death come from, like this one. And other cultures, they've got stories for other bad things too, like Pandora's box is the big classic example of humans being responsible for bad things coming into the world. These stories seem to be a way of resolving the problem of having a kind, benevolent, and loving deity, and also having evil in the world. So these are an explanation for why there's evil, even though God is supposed to love us, the reason there's evil is because humans have screwed shit up. In this story, Kop is the Maasai creator deity, as his name and belief literally means the beginner of the earth. The moon also features in this story. The moon is kind of prominent in Maasai folklore, seen as an important symbol. It's uh, married to the sun, and it is a uh, character which appears several times in several stories. So this is also an explanation for why the moon comes back from the new moons from disappearing, then it reappears in the sky because of this magic doohickey. Magic shenanigans is what it is. So remember kids, if the literal creator of your universe gives you a magic spell, and it's only like five words long, just say the words in the right order. It's really not that much to remember. If you need help, just uh, do a spelling bee, get your mind all freshened up in the words word mode, then you'll be golden. You won't doom your entire world to mortality. We're all good. Perfect. Boom. Problem solved. Now we're going to move on to our Iranian folk story, or Persian folk story. Iran and Persia are two different names for the same country. Persia is the Greek name, Iran is their name. So, same, same. But the story is called, The Shepherd Who Found a Treasure. There were once two shepherds with their flocks, and they were pasturing them out in the open country. One of them went to sleep. And the other was sitting beside him when he saw a green fly come out of the sleeper's nose and into the open air. Now, he had milked some of the flock and obtained a bowl of milk into which he had put some rennet. The milk had turned into cheese. He now laid a knife across the milk bowl. The fly came and lighted on the knife and walked along from one end of it to the other. It went all over the knife. The shepherd kept watching it all the time. Then it flew off the knife and lighted on a stone. There were three stones in a row, and it chose the middle one and sat there for a long time. Suddenly, the shepherd cried out to his sleeping companion, Get up, my lad. The flock has gone off. A wild beast will fall on them and eat them up, and they are other people's property. May God give you good, replied the other. Why wouldn't you let me finish my sleep? Now the first shepherd, who had seen it, knew that the green fly was the other shepherd's soul, which had quitted his body during his sleep, and he said, Brother, yes, let me buy your dream from you. All right. Well, in exchange for your dream, you may have all the wages I get for looking after this flock. The sleeper agreed, and the other said, Now tell me your dream. Brother, said the sleeper, I saw in a dream that I went over an iron bridge. 
Beneath my feet was a great abyss. The water below was white. As I have just said, there was an iron bridge stretched over it. I crossed it to the other side and went and sat down in a place where it was all rocks and broken stones under my feet. Now there was a treasure hidden there, but it didn't leave me in peace to see whether I should get possession of it or not. Well, I'm off on the tracks of your dream, said the other. You're entitled to my wages. He got up and drove off his flock and went to the camp. There he drew his wages and returned and gave them to the shepherd who had had the dream and bade him a goodbye and went off to the place where he had slept. There he pulled up the middle stone and found four jars full of jewels stowed away beneath it. He took them away with him and went to his house and hid them, and after that worked no more as a shepherd. The End I really like this story. This is a very fun one. The concept of your soul coming out of your body while you're sleeping and appearing as an animal is a fairly common one. You see that in a lot of places. For example, in Europe, I think there's the idea that your soul is a mouse that comes out of your body. The connection to the dreams is really interesting, too, how the, the soul-fly movements is tied to what the dreamer is dreaming is very neat. Although, I've got to say, that is one hell of a gamble on the other shepherd's part. Because he bought the dream before and paid for it before knowing what it was. And there didn't have to be treasure under that rock. There could have just been, like, old fish bones and, and a, a tennis ball. There could have just been crap under there. He didn't know. He got very lucky that there was actually just treasure. Although, he better be careful because um, whoever put the treasure there might be coming back for that. They might be going into a uh, no country for old men scenario, which no one wants. You don't want to be in that position. It's a bad, bad spot to be. I also think it's funny that he gets rewarded for listening to his friend's dreams. Because normally, you know, when someone says, someone tells you, Oh, let me tell you about the dream I had last night. You think, oh god, I don't give a shit about this. Who? You don't want to hear about your friend's dreams. It's like D&D &D stories. They're only interesting to the person telling them. And that's just like a fact of the universe. But here, here we've got a story where listening to his friend's dream pays off. So maybe it's actually a good thing to do. It's boring, but there could be payouts. Same thing with D&D &D stories. There's, there's a top tip for you kids. Listen to your friend's D&D stories, and you'll be rewarded with IRL treasure. And maybe in-game treasure. Who knows? You know who knows? I'll tell you who knows. Your friends. In their dreams. That's where they, that's where they know. Treasure. That's where... Yeah. There's also probably a moral here about not sleeping on the job, because it was the friend who stayed awake who saw the fly, magic dream fly, and got the treasure. So don't sleep at work. There's another top tip for you. Although, working as a shepherd is probably a lot worse to fall asleep on because, like they said in the story, all the sheep could run away and be eaten by monsters. And if they're not even your sheep, if someone's just paying you to look after them for them, then that's really bad street reputation. Like on shepherds, shepherdratings.com, you're going to get a bad rating. Ashkan says, He left all my sheep to die. Three stars, three out of five. That's all I've got for that story, though, so I'm going to start wrapping the episode up here. So thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, leave a review, rating, whatever. Share this around to all your buds, pals, sewer people. If there's any, like, mole people living down in the sewers, tell them about the podcast, please. And, yes, I'll be back in, in two weeks. Normal time. Normal formal. I've been Kyle. This has been the show. And goodbye. <laughs>